Robo-advisors have become mainstream, but human advisors are still giving them the cold shoulder. We'll talk about what industry insiders are saying could happen next and what our money friends have to say about it. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I'm certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half-finished basement outside of Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihi. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And today's episode is brought to you by Bestow. Thanks to them for supporting Money with Friends. Bestow is term life insurance. It's 100% online and never requires a medical exam. Prices start at $3 per month. How do you get it? Apply at hellobestow.com slash MWF. That's hellobestow.com slash MWF. And today we're going to my side of the universe, which is the old advisory side. I like bringing to the table, Bobby, these these uh, these things about what's going on behind the scenes with financial advisors because we don't often see it. And um, advisors maybe maybe not taking to technology the way we would have hoped. No, but not so unpredictable also, though, because you would think there would be resistance to what some could fear that robots could. I mean, on a very shallow level, you could say, "Uh oh, are the robots taking over? Yeah, well, and I think, well, we'll get into it in a second, but let's let's see, before I give my opinion on that, let's see who's going to kick off today's show for us. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. Headlines ripped from the financial press only at Money with Friends. Today's piece, uh, I found it Investment News, which is an industry rag for um, for Insider's Investment website, it, for, for invest people in the investment community, <laughs> go here and hang out. Uh, the piece written by Ryan W. Neal, Robos Built for Advisors Struggling to Gain Traction is the headline. And when you click, it says financial advisors are not embracing automated portfolio management. Just a few years ago, when direct-to-consumer startups Betterment and Wealthfront were growing assets at a metric, meteoric, meteoric, meteoric. There we go. Rate. I love doing this live. A new <laughs> model rose to meet it: the robo for advisors. Some were new startups; others were direct-to-consumer companies that pivoted uh, business models. But the common theme was to give traditional assets. Uh, traditional advisors, a tool to remain competitive with the startups and connect with millennial investors. Some firms spent sizable budgets on robo-solutions, but advisors simply aren't using them. According to the 2019 Investment News Advisor Technology Study, listen to this, only about 8% of firms currently use a robo, and only about 5% said they were looking to add digital advice in 2019. A similar study from Technology Tools for Today found that 25% of advisors use a robo, but as the survey itself acknowledged, respondents to T3 studies tend to be more tech-savvy demographic who actively embrace the technology. The study also found that automated portfolio features from traditional asset management platforms like InvestNet and SEI had greater market penetration than standalone robos like Schwab Intelligent Portfolios and BlackRock's Future Advisor or Betterment for Advisors. The data is being felt in the market. 
Last week, SigFig, a former direct-to-consumer robo that pivoted to build digital advice for large financial institutions, reportedly laid off about 10% of its workforce, according to Business Insider. Yeah, that's that's ugly. And the piece goes on later on to say that other other firms have also struggled to get advisors to use it. Let's kicking this off, Bobby. What do you think the problem is here? Why aren't advisors embracing robos to the degree that consumers seem to be embracing them? I think to some degree, and this may sound a little harsh, there's a little bit of living in denial that they feel that as the younger people get older, they will want humans. And there may be some truth to that, but I think that what what's evolving is that they want humans with robos, that they want that um, hybrid model because they also have a lot more information than previous generations, including information about the cost of advice and the impact that paying more for advice than you have to can have on your returns. And so there is a cost benefit analysis that younger generations, I believe, will be making. And when they want that human touch, they may want a hybrid. Yeah. And uh this could be a very short-sighted rejection by these human advisors. Well, and I'll put a more positive spin on that. Uh, uh, Advisors, by and large, already have a system of investment management. Good advisors already have them. So uh, where a huge percentage of the just direct-to-consumer population, other people not using an advisor, don't have a system. So it's easy to have a betterment or a wealth front, which means I'm going to have a system when I didn't have one before. You know what I mean? If I ate whatever I was eating, implementing a new diet is fine. But if I already am on a strict diet... Uh, putting new inputs into that diet means I'm going to change an overall system. So changing an existing system, I think, is much, much more difficult than going from not having one, you know, uh, going from a vacuum to to now I'm going to now I'm going to have one. I think uh, I think on that end. But but that's not an excuse. I also do think that that there are there's there are many bad advisors who still are just asset chasers and believe that what they're adding to the pie is their ability to pick. And we do this live in front of a Facebook audience. Well, heck, from my open, you can tell we do this live. (laughs) But, But Ron is hanging out with us, and Ron says it's a common reaction from persons smarter than the market. And people think that the reason why you hire an advisor is to beat the market. And if some bad advisors fall into that, you and I know that's a that's a false premise. You don't hire an advisor to beat the market, and advisors don't beat the market. That's not at all what they do. No, an advisor will give you a, 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 hopefully a personalized plan for how best to allocate your assets and resources and how best to structure your financial life in a holistic way. That's what I think. And then within those those sectors and those goals, you want to get the best return for that part of your portfolio. But sometimes you're not going to be at the best return because you're diversified properly. So it's a little bit more complicated. And there is a good place for robos in some ways because robos don't have emotion and can say can stick to a plan. But there's also some problems with robos. For example, some they have to be programmed by, sorry about that, we are live. They have to be programmed by a human. And sometimes those companies set them up to maybe put more in cash than you should, or to not always get the best return on cash. So we've heard stories about that. And that might 
create some resistance as well. Well, yeah, that does. I mean, to some degree, you're right. Financial advisors are generally big time nerds. Some of the conversations I'd have at uh, at dinner parties with a bunch of advisors are not ones that any of us would consider fun, except except people directly in that crowd. Uh, and so they do get really nerdy about about uh, the asset allocation and how the asset allocation should work. So, but but what's funny is. And I can see that. I still think that there is a middle ground. There, there is, you know, advisors in the past. When I was an advisor for a good part of my career, it was before uh, ETFs had really taken off. So you spent a lot of your time, Bobby, managing the managers. You know, I spent a good amount of my time looking at how the manager did last month, last quarter, last year, and making sure that my clients were with good people. I think it's kind of the same. If we're handing it over to robos, it still is in the advisor's best interest to make sure that the robos are doing the, their part of the job. And I think there still is a marriage there. I think I think it makes a lot of sense. But but clearly, advisors uh, for one of two reasons. I think either a they have a system already and it's hard to change that system, or on the other side, it's because they still think they're dinosaurs and they think that. Uh, there's less of a value proposition for the client, which is frustrating, frustrating either way. And it doesn't have to be a choice. I mean, there really can be a hybrid. So, and that's what we ask people, by the way, on Instagram, we asked our money friends on Instagram, um, you know, now that robo advisors have become mainstream for a few years now, should they be paired with human advisors or should it be kind of an either or situation? What do you think they said, Joe? I think that, uh, I know oh, the, the problem isn't what's right here. The problem is what are people going to say? I think, right. I think, I think, uh, I think they should be paired is going to be 70%. Yeah. I mean, people did say combo is King and, and that was a large majority. This, this survey was not up for very long, so not so scientific, but it was 89% combo is King and only 11% robo solo. So people do agree with you, Joe, you're a wise man. Humans and robots living together in harmony. Who knew? In just a, knew? In just a second, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaway from this piece. But uh, first, I want to say a big thanks to Bestow for supporting Money with Friends. We're so happy that they're here with us. Life insurance is important, but that process should not take forever. And if you've ever applied for insurance, you know the potential for how excruciating it can be. There could be long forms, a medical exam a couple weeks later, and then that long wait for a price that might or might not be what you expected. You've got other things to do, so Bestow makes it easy. Bestow offers term life insurance 100% online. They never require a medical exam ever, and prices start at, get this, $3 a month. They're available for 2, 10, and 20 years. I like the longer-term coverages. If you're younger and you know you're going to need it for a long time, you'll lock in a rate for a longer period of time, which makes sense to me. No need to put in a name, an email, phone, etc. in order to get a quote. And for your quote today, and you'll feel so much better because you have the coverage you need, apply at hellobestow.com. That's hello, B-E-S-T-O-W.com slash M-W-F. Bobby, robos and advisors, what's the takeaway? You can't stay stuck in the past. Advisors may want to hold on to the higher fees, but they will be forced to bend if they want the next generation of investors to come on board. I totally, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have anything to add, except it doesn't matter if you're an advisor or if you're a, uh, just a consumer, 
taking care of stuff, handing off the easy stuff to robots makes a bunch of sense to me. You look at people that are great at time management um, and and people that write about it. I'm thinking of Laura Vanderkam, uh, who's fantastic in this area. L- Laura has talked a lot about decision fatigue. And some of the easy decisions, let a robot handle it, automate it, so that when you're making decisions, you're only making the really important ones. So, um, yeah, I think I think the takeaway is decide what the important decisions are, and uh, tweak your automation. Tweak tweak automation. I like that. I like that a lot. It's a combination. We can all live together. Yeah, good stuff. We can all live in harmony with the robots. Yes, we can. We have no choice. It's a whole new world. They're here. Bobby, if people want to hang out and take your polls before we go live, uh, where do they do that? On our Instagram account at MoneyFriendsPod. Stay close to the Instagram stories. And we try to share as many of your uh, comments as possible. We don't get to all of them, but if you stay on the Instagram stories, I try to post almost all of them. I generally post them all. We're getting busier, which is a good thing, but uh, look for your comments there. And that's the same handle at Money Friends Pod on Twitter. We have so much fun and something different every day, which is great. Six days a week, you're looking at a whole different uh, headline over there. And also, if you want to hang out with us live, like uh, Kevin, Ron, Dylan, Kimberly, and uh, others are here hanging out with us today, head to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. All right, that's going to do it. On behalf of Bobby, we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Bobby, who's with you tomorrow? We've got thought leaders with Diane you Diane Harris. Diane Harris from Newsweek. Edit, yeah, editor-at-large at Newsweek, former editor-in-chief of Money Magazine. Awesome. So you'll see Bobby and Diane here tomorrow at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.